Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Welcome to the podcast, Father John and uh, Father Nathan. Father Nathan. Hello. Nice uh, kind of autumnal Saturday morning here. Yes. Just kind of rolling into it. Things It's getting cooler here, slowly, and uh, we've had a nice fall, you know? We haven't even started fall. Well, in the mount- I've been in the mountains, I should say. Fall's over. I don't know when. When is the first day of fall? September something? Last day of summer? Ask your, ask your girl. When is the first day of fall? It's probably September something. September 22nd. September 22nd, yeah. So Ends December 20th. Wow, that's a long season. Yeah. So I, I mean, I feel like it's been fairly hot. I, it's only recent that I've... Um, it's only reason that I stopped using my fan in my room because right. it was so hot. Right. So, but I'm grateful to be back under the down comforter. <laughs> the down comforter, but no attic fan. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, one morning we had it down to, I think, when we had all the windows open and the attic fan going, what was it, 40, oh, 48 or something like that's that? Amazing. Yeah. Now, does Chris have the same uh, love of sleeping in freezing cold? No. Because we like sleeping in a hockey rink. And uh, no, he, uh, he I mean, he he has very little body fat. Right. He does. So um, he, it's not that he likes it really <laughs> warm, but uh, I think he did think that the 48 degree was a little excessive. Would you like to hear the most recent um, fight that we had? Yes, as, uh, always. So it's important to understand, like priests living together. You know, it's it's always the odd couple. Uh, we come from different families, different sizes of families, different styles of families. Um, and uh, so this morning, this was the fight that we had. Um, so 5.45 uh, a.m., my alarm goes off. And uh, I snooze it immediately because that's just what you do. That's what you do. And uh, I don't have to be up until 7. Well, I mean, I need to seven. be at, at confessions at 7.30. Oh, okay. But I'm just saying, like, I don't need to be up, you know, for a while. But I just want one snooze. Just why kind just, of, Okay, why'd you set the alarm that early? Why don't you just set it at 6 and get up at 6? Because then I... I don't know. Then I don't, I'll, I'll snooze until... I don't understand. This is it's dangerous territory, but I don't understand the logic of the snooze. Some people are really committed to the snooze. Some people are just weak and they snooze. No, but if you're like, if you're like, I set my alarm for the snooze. I'm like, I, I've never understood that. I used to, uh, I used to give myself six minutes to get ready total. Right. right. So I would get as much possible sleep, and then as soon as the alarm went off, like I had to run. Right. And as you know, I do not like to hasten. Right. You know, I I like to enjoy the morning. <laughs> However, but anyways, so I take my first snooze. It's not going to be long. I'm hoping to actually get up and get some stuff done. And then all of a sudden I hear, ant, ant. and then it continues on. Now, backstory, that happened at 3 a.m. about two weeks ago. The uh, smoke detectors oh. are all dying around the house. Okay. So I replaced mine and thought, you know, well, that's the end of that. Then later, uh, the one right down the hall started doing it as well. And Father Chris had to get the stepladder out in order to change it. Yes. And uh, he didn't know where the batteries were. So anyway, so it was this big production. He went and bought batteries. It was very kind of him to buy batteries. But then at 5.45 in the morning, I'm laying back down for my first snooze. And I know, I know because I can hear he's up. Hmm. He's already up. So I try to snooze again. 
and uh, and then the second alarm goes off. So I set five. I set alarms five minutes apart because at some point, what it ends up doing is the snoozes uh, go back to back to back because it's actually good because it's like you don't. This isn't enjoyable. Get up, you know. Yeah. So, anyways, so then I'm snoozing, and the thing's still going. Eh, eh. And then my alarm goes off, and I'm like, I didn't even get through one snooze and have a peaceful snooze, and I and this just continues. So I go downstairs in a huff. Oh, I yeah. am I'm not in a didn't ter- get his peaceful snooze. Didn't get my peaceful snooze. I go down there. He is sitting at the island eating his cereal. Right. Just you know, enjoying life. <laughs> and I say to him, because uh, this thing had gone on for probably probably 15 minutes. I say to him, I said. Do you understand that some other people are trying to sleep? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, so you're just going to let that keep going? And he's like, yeah, it's not bothering me. And I'm like, oh, it's oh, it's not bothering you. You know why? Because you're up. So maybe like just think about it. And uh, so then I you know, kind of make him feel bad. And then I, you know, take it out of the thing. And I said, huh, tall people problems, you know? <laughs> Like, you know, I guess, I guess the, I guess the smoke detector is my, my responsibility. Just walk away, you know? So then I'm in, I'm in uh, confessions in between confessions. And I'm thinking about this. I'm like thinking about the moral quality of someone who does not change the batteries in the smoke detector, but leaves the man at 545 peacefully enjoying his morning, just having a cereal. And I realized he did not sin. He did. There's no sin in this. So I can't get angry because he has not, he's not offended me with some sin. But I think there is a loss of the potential of virtue. And that's where I was frustrated that my son, my brother, my friend, my procu vicar, didn't seek the opportunity for virtue. Right. Didn't realize that the pastor who is trying to sleep. The pastor needs his snooze. Needs his snooze. Just one. Just one snooze. One snooze. That's all he asks. It's Anyhow, not that much. So then I came back to him and I, after, I, didn't, I didn't apologize to him before mass. That was wrong. But I realized like I didn't, I don't think that I committed grievous sin. But after mass, I said to him, just an FYI, I realized that there is no sin on your part, which is good because yeah. like he didn't do anything wrong, right. and uh, I I overreacted, and that's done, and I apologized. But you know what's beautiful about that is uh, you work it out, and then you get your new Halloween costumes together. That's I, true. I walk in, and these two Hanyaks are dressed up as well. It's uh, the it's the Rudolph Rudolph the, the Red Nosed Reindeer, yep. the animated version when we were kids, claymation. Claymation. A claymation version right. when we were like, when our parents were. Kids. Well, I remember watching. Yeah, I remember watching that. It's the classic. Yeah, and the, it's I the think kid it's, who wants to be a dentist. Yeah, I think it came out in like sixty something. Really, maybe seventy. So Chris says to me, Goble gets to be this. What's his name? Yukon Cornelius. Yukon Cornelius. He gets to be this rough, gruff mountain man. He's like, I got to be this stupid elf. That's and right. I was like, welcome to being a parochial vicar. That's right. right. Like, I mean, your pastor tells you this is what you're going to wear for Halloween. And listen, I'm, I'm going to look awesome. I told him it's perfect. That's it's a, not it, true. It's it. It's a per. It, he is. He's not telling the whole name? story. What's the dentist? Hermie. Hermie. I want to be a dentist. Right. He's small. Right. He looks like a child. He's very thin. Like, you know, he can decide. But I gave him the option of being the Yeti, ah. of being the Bumble. Right. 
I think of Hel- allow- allowing I think him to be the, be the Yeti. Abominable, abominable snowman or whatever. Right. I gave him that option, and he said, I'd rather be the elf. He is perfect as the elf. I just walk into the house, and there he is. Yep. Full elf, sitting and eating his cereal. Yep. Smoke detector's going in his elf costume. Yeah, ridiculous. Without going down this tangent for too long, though we fundamentally agree disagree uh, about the snooze, about the snooze, the concept of the snooze, mm-hmm. yep. the the intrinsic value of the snooze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say um, there's something in it, and I don't. This is not a topic, but this is maybe just a airing of grievances, as they say in Seinfeld. Oh, it's, it's Festi- Festivus is coming. It's coming. This younger generation, I'm like, boys, initiative. It's not sin, but it's like it's five minutes before eight. Nobody is set up for mass. They're all just sitting there like a bunch of puds, as you would say. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like vesting, and I'm like, anybody want to set up for mass? You know? And they're just like, what? Oh, what? what? Somebody's going to do that? Oh. I was deep oh. in prayer. Oh, my God. I'm doing my spiritual reading. What? Oh. And then I'm like, can you set up? And, these, and then they do it. They always do it when you ask. Yes. But I'm like, why the, do I have to ask everything? It's true. Like, I don't know. It's it's your perennial thing about the dishwasher. Empty this is the, the dishwasher. This is the father. This is uh, I know. this is what we had to put our dads through. I know our poor fathers. And yours turned uh, sixty five today. Happy That's birthday, right. Dave Goble, Mensch among Mention. Yep. Hedwig, Mar- Margaret Mary Alacoque, and Saint Gerard. So yeah, it was great. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, they they're certainly generous, but sometimes it's like they're not thinking about what other people could possibly be thinking about. Right. Like, what I would say to you, John, you know, about the defense of the snooze, is you are the one, you are, your party, your camp, are the kinds of ones that say, I'm going to get as much as sleep as possible, and then I'm going to do my routine, and then I'm going to go. Exactly. Which means that you don't have any elasticity no, in your schedule. That's true. So I, to case in point, I said to Father Chris, I said, how was Veil? He said it was great. Oh my gosh. I felt felt like I was part of something, like just being part of the big kids club or whatever. I said, oh, it was great. It was, what'd you guys do? He's like, well, we were just up there, you know, having some good conversations, you know? And then the next morning, I look around and everybody's just kind of milling around, drinking coffee or whatever. And and he, I said, somebody's got to make breakfast. So I did. And I said, that's Schloss Goebel. Yep. That's Schloss Goebel that you realize that nobody else is going to make breakfast. You make breakfast, but somebody else is going to sleep until all the way in the end. No snoozes. Hey, hey, hey. And hey. then all of a sudden be there. Somebody bought groceries. Those exactly. Those punks ate all of my food. I bought a week's worth of food. Yep. They, everything. I mean, it was just like these guys, they yep. just, they're all, priests are scroungers. They just, they they're are. like, they're like, oh, bag of chips, boom, gone. Oh, you know, bag of chocolate covered whatever from Trader Joe's, gone. I was just like, everything is gone. But he True. did. He took the initiative. He took the initiative. So I like that initiative. He's learning. I like that initiative. But he didn't. He didn't change the batteries. But that's not sinful. Why did he buy batteries and not change them? You're making progress. Baby steps. Baby steps. Baby that's exact. He bought. He showed me the batteries yesterday. But he didn't replace it. He didn't replace it. But he bought the batteries. He went and bought the batteries. So, anyways, we had a nice, we had a nice come to Jesus. Well, you know, well done. And I and I apologize because I was in the wrong. See, this is the life at Schloss Goebbels, where we are formed in all these different ways. Yep. Um, I have a topic that I'd like to do first because I'd like it to be produced first. Unless you really want to go for it, go for what? Go for yours. 
Well, this is such good banter. It's great to go into a terrible topic. I want to hear. But I want to talk about something difficult. I, that's funny because I'm going to talk about something difficult. Well, that's funny, isn't it? I want to talk. I want to. I want to engage some politics stuff today. That's what I'm doing. All right, here we go. See, we never reveal our topics to each other so that somebody doesn't have the opportunity to actually like give a take that's sort of canned. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm ready for the political stuff. All right, bring it. This okay. could be this could be a two hour episode, and we just cut it in half. Maybe we should do that. Oh, I'm I'm perfectly. I think fine we're with gonna that. have plenty of things to talk about. Let us begin. Let us begin. We should probably we should probably say another prayer. All right, let's do that. Go ahead. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord, may everything we do begin with Your inspiration and continue with Your saving help. Let our work always find its origin in you and through your reach completion. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Guardian angels and patron saints. Pray for us. Please, let I, us uh, begin. So in, I had an hour this morning, and I was going to prepare, and then I thought, you know what? I don't want to I don't want to read more on this. Because it's right here. I want to hammer up Lookout it's, Mountain, and I want to just get some of this energy out and, yes. uh, and hopefully have something... A little more balanced and thoughtful to say. And it was the best. And I want to go to Dollar Tree. Right. <laughs> That's what we do, folks. Right. That's what we do. So um, it's just a Google Hangouts thing. So we both just picked up our phones simultaneously. Adrian. The um, So yeah, I, I'm very interested to know where you want to go with this. But um, I have been having a number of conversations with friends um, in the last few weeks, as we all have, about the um, political kind of, uh, dystopian climate. political climate that we find ourselves in in 2020. Yes. And um, I, uh, I, have, I have a kind of a specific way I want to go about the, the talking about this. Um, and the main reason for that is because of these conversations, which are really good and really thoughtful people uh, who are struggling. And uh, so that's kind of my my kind of approach to it. And I'm not exactly sure how you want to do it. I can explain more about what I mean. But basically, when I was envisioning what is this topic, I was going to call it Thoughts for the Disenchanted Catholic Neocon. And, and I have a specific meaning behind this. So sure. there's, there's kind of a, um, a particular group that I want to talk to today. Um, it's not to everybody. Um, and so to kind of frame that, do you want me to just go into this and then you? Oh, can, I would. Yeah. Okay. Because I think just you go into it. Yeah. So basically, the the, the first thing is to say, uh, we have I have had people come up to me and be critical of my approach, um, as well as my brother companions. Yep. Uh, some of whom say mo- the majority of the critics say uh, you guys are soft. You guys are getting soft. You're getting weak. What we need now is boldness. We need we need really courageous priests who are sold out, especially for the pro life message. Yes, and uh, what we're hearing from you guys is watered down and unimpressive. And now is the time to be bold. And they're trying to ennoble us by challenging us. And again, these are these are friends, right? The end. Um, you're you're a much more public persona than I am. Um, and uh, so, but I'm hearing this not just about my own homilies and preaching, but also about um, sure. about brother companions. Now, this is not everybody. Some guys are- And brother priests, like and, in the diocese. And brother priests, yeah. And so we find ourselves again kind of in the middle here, kind of people saying, you know, the typical, you know, this is way too strong. You're, what are you even doing talking about this? 
And then that, but then there's this other side kind of coming at us saying, you know, you guys are just, you're kind of just weak sauce and, uh, it's fine, but we don't expect that from companions. We expected more. Um, and I'm at a point now where I, um, I have no problem defending. I'm not going to be like, Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. Global probably just had a bad day or Constantine or Larkin. And it's like, Nope, I know what they're doing. Uh, and it's what I'm doing. And uh, it's we're taking, and it's what Bishop Robert Barron is doing. He just published something uh, this week, hmm. um, which is attempting to take a different approach um, for a different kind of audience, okay, and for a specific kind of people that's not compromised, but it's not uh, the most hardcore is going to be is going to win the day, you know. And uh, I I think that that's kind of the uh, impetus for this uh, for the conversation that I want to take it so. Just to kind of start with that, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, I got I got plenty. Of I, thoughts. I can see you. Yeah, you're you're. you're uh, He's going. You're into, in the ballpark. You're going into the armory. I can see him just like kind of like just loading all of the uh, the weapons and everything. So the uh, the person that I'm interested in talking to. Well, let me say who I'm not. This podcast is not for. Mm-hmm. I read two different blog entries. Uh, one was from Jenny Eubing, uh mm-hmm. on her blog Mama Needs Coffee. And she wrote a very uh, well-argued, um, thoughtful, and and very Catholic argument for why Trump is basically the most... She didn't vote for Trump four years ago because she felt shame and why she's going to vote for him now because yep. uh, the pro-life record and just going right through it. Boom, 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 boom. Great. Right? The other side is Jim Gaffigan's wife. Yes. I think her name's Jeannie. Uh-huh. Uh, who wrote something that was published in America, their online magazine, mm-hmm. run by the Jesuits, uh, who also gave a very thoughtful um, and honest assessment of why she is not voting for Trump and why she hates him. And uh, but it was it was this is a serious Catholic woman like who needs to be respected. Like both of them are. Um, both of them are at two different extremes. Both of them are what I found uh, thoughtful, uh, engaged women who are actually thinking, like working through this as Catholics, okay? So they believe in objective truth. They believe that the Catholic faith is true. We can't suppose, presuppose that anymore about Catholics, by the way. Like that's just, yeah, you know, like that. there's a lot of people who say things that are, like for example, if you say, I believe that abortion is wrong, but I can't vote for that, because other people don't, I have to give other people the option to have that. It's like, well, I don't know if you believe in objective truth, like as a Catholic. So n- neither of them are saying these things, those kind of things. So these are two kind of positions, uh, both which need to be respected. Um, and uh, But they're both entrenched because it's like, it was like front lines in World War One. Like they were just like locked in and obviously both had been blasted by the other side, right? So Jenny had been attacked uh, time and time again for being this kind of blind, stay-at-home mom, voting for Trump. And then Jeannie had been attacked by, you know, if you're a real Catholic, you know, you, you vote you vote life, life alone, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so they're kind of entrenched. Sure. The person I want to talk to is, is who I call the disenchanted neocon. So the, the, the people who, and these are real conversations and real friends who are not in either of those positions, uh, and they're actually kind of not really sure what they're going to do wrestling in the, in the next few weeks. Yes. Um, and those that these persons, it usually goes like this. Uh, I'm a faithful Catholic. Uh, I, I believe in the, that the Catholic church is true. I believe that my Catholic faith should inform 
through principles, the way that I vote. But I've been told this narrative, this pro-life narrative for the last two decades, and I've been told this is what you do, and this is kind of how you vote, and this is at the top of the hierarchy of values, blah, 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 and I'm just not convinced anymore that this is working, okay? They would say both parties are morally bankrupt. Both yeah. of these candidates are morally deplorable. True. But I'm no longer swayed by the neocon kind of argument that the hierarchy of values sets and determines how you vote, which is de facto Republican, right? This is what they would say. And one of them, and, and they've said to me, uh, I don't like that our bishop is telling me to vote for Trump. This is the, con- this is the conversation. Um, and again, these are, these are people that are, again, these are real Catholics, faithful Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, these are real conversations that we had. And I said, you know, let's, let's keep talking about this. And they're saying, the environment matters. Um, I'm not saying that pro-life doesn't matter, but the environment really does matter. Mm-hmm. Um, immigration, it really does matter. And they're saying, I'm afraid to say that. Yes. As an Orthodox Catholic, I'm, I'm afraid right. to say, I actually care about the environment. What Rap, do we Rap do? has been talking about this a lot lately, you know? Mm. Um, but there's so much fear because there's so much just like warmongering and, and, and just like bitterness um, and strife within the country, but also within the church. Um, and so... These are the conversations that made me say, how do we reapproach this conversation and this question for that person who's not in one of those two camps uh, and is just still kind of saying, I'm not sure where to go. What it requires is a different way of thinking and a different way of having a conversation. It can't just be the hardline pro-life right. uh, kind of hammer them, you know, black and white. And it can't be the opposite side of just like, there is no hierarchy, um, and everything's up. It's up for grabs, and right. uh, it, you know, it's there is total plurality in the way that we vote in these things. So, there's something in the middle. So that that's kind of how I would just frame this. I obviously have thoughts about how these conversations have gone, but I'd like to open it to yeah. What I was going to say you, you, you say. probably just need to take a breath. So let me get some more coffee. I, I would say that um, it has been difficult of late to discern where to enter the fray in the midst of all of it, because there is no civilized dialogue. Um, I was on silent retreat uh, last week or the yeah week before, um, and uh, I was just completely turned my phone off, was just fishing, praying, and uh, eating. Like, it was a great, wonderful uh, respite from the cultural rat race that was going on all around me. When I re-entered uh, the the blogosphere, uh, I was slammed with two realities. One, a priest in New Orleans had committed a satanic act on an altar uh, in the midst of a church, um, and I mean, desecrated you know his priesthood, uh, that church, uh, the faith of Jesus Christ. Um, and was just really moved to intercession for him. And then uh, in the midst of it, I, I happened to see that there was a vice presidential debate. I hadn't seen anything. And you know what the one thing I learned about the vice presidential debate was? That there was a fly on Mike Pence's head. That's it. If you think that we have an ability to actually process through information and have a civilized dialogue about these things, just look at the reality that the only thing that came out of the, that whole 
uh, debate that whole time was the narrative of there was a fly on Mike Pence's head. And I'm like, this is not Stephen A. Douglas and uh, Abraham Lincoln. We are not able to have a, a civilized conversation about politics anymore. So exactly what you're mentioning, we just go to our camps. We draw the lines. You get your gun. You get your, you know, little uh, whatever, like uh, foxhole. And it's like, we're going to lob bombs onto the other side. Everybody wants me to see uh, this priest who's saying you can't be Catholic and Democrat. Because that's what we really need to hear, you know? Just somebody just taking it to the other side. That's really going to make the change. And he says in his, in his speech, in his homily, uh, which I, I, I can't even call it a homily because it's not in the course of a mass. It's just a priest in vestments speaking behind an ambo. Uh, with all of these different scenes moving behind him, have you seen this thing? Yeah, it's I, just, yeah, I've heard it's that. just a patriotic, it. it's a patriotic, uh, you know, uh, plug, and he's a very conservative priest. God bless him. God bless him that he is standing up for his own beliefs. Okay, but in that he says, not a single Catholic voted for Obama. Not a single Catholic, because if you voted for Obama, you're not a real Catholic. And I'm like, we have to deal with truth, right. objective truth. These are baptized, confirmed, practicing, uh, communicating, attending Catholics who at this time are ready to vote for another Catholic, Joe Biden. And if we're not ready to actually have a conversation about it, then it, we are going to be no better then one side or the other, where it's just like you, not a single Catholic voted for Obama and there's a fly on Mike Pence's head. It's like, can we talk about issues? Can we talk about what we actually desire to see in our nation? And the problem is, uh, if, the, if we don't say or speak the narrative that, that encourages one side or the other, then we're not considered good priests or upholding the truth. And brothers and sisters, I do not stand under any political party. I was not ordained for any political party. I believe that there are certain realities, uh, certain issues, certain ways of seeing the world that are really important that one side sees and the other side doesn't. Ultimately, neither side are promoting a gospel. And as priests, I don't preach a different gospel. And that's what they want. They want us to be uh, walking commercials for the particular candidate or issue that they want. And when we don't do that, they're starting to challenge whether or not we are uh, good priests. Um, and uh, part of that was fueled by uh, some comments that were made about, um, I'll just say it, Father Mike Rapp, as not calling him pro-life. Right, and I want to say to that person and or persons that are that are saying that based on something that was said on the podcast, you have no freaking clue who Mike Rapp is because you've heard him on the podcast for two thousand hours. You have no idea what this man does for the pro life cause. You have no idea what he is doing for the homeless. Okay, so if you think that you have this picture because of a soundbite. Like, be very careful, brothers and sisters, because it does begin to uh, corrode a priest's identity and a priest's good name. And you may say, I'm getting ahead of myself, but you may say, 
I'm not going to listen to that podcast anymore. Father John, Father Mike, Father Michael, and myself made the specific decision years ago that we would not take any monetary contribution for our podcast. We would not sell it to Spotify or uh, whatever, whoever else was asking for it when they actually petitioned us and said, we want behind the scenes content. We want you guys to produce. You can make some money with this. You can do all these things. I don't work for money and I don't work for you. I don't sell a message so that I can make sure that my listeners stay listening. You don't want to listen to this podcast anymore. I don't care. I really don't because all we're doing is we're producing some reality so that so, some 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 good so that some persons can find life through it. We don't have an audience. We don't have a particular kind of audience. I don't know if there are Trump supporters. I don't know if there are Biden supporters. I bet dollars to donuts, it's on both sides. But we're not interested in trying to prove ourselves to our donors. We're trying to make ourselves available to what Christ is doing in our life, and we press record and allow you to share in that. If you don't want to, if you don't want to listen anymore, like I don't, I don't know, I don't even know what podcast to direct you to. Like, go to a political podcast. Pick and choose something that you think is going to speak well to what you want. But uh, what uh, what somebody said in a letter was, I can't even let my ten year old daughter listen. Now, if you're saying you can't let your 10-year-old daughter listen because we say bad words, I apologize for that. If we have used lewd humor, I apologize for that. I really do. But I will not apologize for speaking the truth of our experience and actually sharing with persons, this is not as easy as, oh yeah, I just didn't want to preach a pro-life homily, so I just avoided it. And when it when we start hearing these voices, it's very difficult to even want to reapproach one the podcast and two proclaiming the gospel because it's like we can't win no matter which way we go. Right. Taking a breath. Taking a breath, folks. Well said. I um we had an interesting conversation last night over uh, dinner. All the companions were together and uh Wunch and Larkin were talking a little bit about uh, Spain, um, you know, maybe 70, 80 years ago, so post-war Spain, what happened was you had the rise of communism and the communists kind of taking power. And at the same time, you had uh, the fascist movement. Uh, so maybe this is before World War II. Um, and, uh, and it's starting to kind of take power as well. So you have kind of radical extreme collectivism and then kind of this radical kind of individualism. Um, and Wunsch's point was in fear of communism who were, who were trying to eradicate, eradicate Christianity and destroy, they were killing Christians, martyring Christians. Mm -hmm. The church aligned herself with fascism, with Franco. And at, in the beginning, that looked like this is, this is the smart thing to do. This yes. is the refuge. But then later on, the atrocities that he committed uh, right. because of the kind of the autonomy of his power right. uh, were something that the church terribly suffered and uh, has not recovered from in Spain in light of that. This is what Wunsch was saying, hmm. is that the, the, this, the kind of collapse of into secularism was intimately connected with this seeking refuge too much in the political, in this political side 
in order to fight a greater evil, which is communism, the fascists were not killing Catholics. The communists were killing Catholics. I mean, and it's easy to judge this now, 80 years later, whatever. Um, but it wasn't our brothers and friends and uncles being killed. I mean, I've met Spanish priests. I've worked with them, and they had family. They had uncles killed by communists. Wow. Um, so they have a lot to say on this, and they understand why you go that way. But if you align with Franco, uh, then you become subject to what Franco does. And I think for the disenchanted neocon, right, who I'm, who I'm interested in kind of talking to um, these last few weeks, I think this is what their sense is, is that they are saying the Democratic Party is destructive towards the faith in, in, in a way that's like qualitatively different, but that doesn't justify aligning ourselves with the political right and the Republican Party. This is what I'm hearing them say. Like they're not saying uh, Democrats are okay. I mean, look at the future. Where, is the, where are these parties going? Uh, Kamala Harris is the future of the Democratic Party. And if you're not afraid, yes. you're not paying attention. If you're, not, if you're not listening to what she's bringing up, in the congressional or in the judicial hearings, like these are the kinds of cases that they're interested in preserving in the United States. Right. You, you, you should be, as a, as a Catholic, if you have any sense of like that Catholic values matter in society, you should be really afraid. When it comes to religious freedom. True. Right. And so, uh, but that, that same sentiment says just to, to, to get a letter because this is what they're saying, get a letter from bishops saying uh, you vote Republican now because we're pro-life, period. End of story, no conversation. They're saying I'm not satisfied with, with this, and I'm, I'm nervous about the wedding of the church to the political right, uh, the neocon project, basically, right? Sure. Which is to say we can wed this. Um, there's, there's a lot in this. I understand what they're saying, though, and I think the, the Franco example is helpful. I don't think that's what we're saying. I don't think that's what a lot of people are saying. I don't think that's what our archbishop is saying uh, because that's untruthful. If you say, we don't support a political party, but then kind of backdoor, like, by the way, you better vote for this, and there's no questions asked. Don't even think about it. Right. That's not honest. And I don't, I don't, I don't see that. And I, I tell them that. I defend our, our bishop or our brothers. But I, I think that we have to kind of frame this thing and say we're in a really bad situation as Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no good option. Um, but I threw my vote away four years ago, and I'm not doing it again. I, well, what do you mean by throw it away? You didn't vote. I voted for the Mormon guy in Utah. I'm just well, I, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I did not vote for Donald Trump four years ago. I voted for the person who best aligned with the beliefs that I had, and I wish I could look up his name, but it was the a the Catholic Libertarian Party or something like that. Uh, but this guy was pro-life, uh, pro-family, pro-faith, and wanted to support the poor, wanted us to move towards that. And I said, I want to make a statement with this because I actually don't believe that I'm in a state that's going to swing one way or the other. But there are those in, in other states that it's going to come down. I mean, Florida was decided by like four counties in uh, in Florida uh, for the Bush Gore. And I think that it's important that we have to take this seriously. And um, I, think it, I think it's very difficult right now. Be, and just re-echoing, neither candidate is a disciple of Jesus Christ. And 
I, I know that we've gotten into language around discipleship uh, in our diocese in particular, but uh, a disciple of Jesus is one that is completely given over to him and the worldview that he is creating, which is in the city of God and not the city of man. Neither of them, I think, fall under that. Both of them probably have faith. Both That's of why this podcast formally endorses Kanye West. That's right. President. That's what I said. I said there's not a single disciple of Jesus Christ on the ticket, and somebody said, what about Kanye? I was like, uh, well, I, Kanye, I appreciate it, but... Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta show me some more. You right, know, right? Just joking, there's sorry. one guy in Arvada with a Kanye West flag, and I wanna, I wanna just uh, laud him for that. So but, yeah, anyways, sorry. But so this is where I got into trouble at my in my parish. Okay, in Colorado we have this Proposition 115. Proposition 115 is to outlaw uh, late term abortion after 22 weeks in Colorado. We are one of only seven states in the union where you can have uh, an abortion all the way up until birth. Um, so w- we're not winning the battle. Uh, we're not winning completely the the issue of abortion. But we are saying, after 22 weeks, can we just say you can't you can't kill your child? I mean, you can you can be born at 22 weeks and uh, be in the neonatal unit and and be be great. Can Live I, a full life. Can I guess what you said? Please. I don't care if you vote for Trump or Biden, yes. but you have to vote yes on Proposition Did you hear about that? I heard about it. Somebody told you that? Yeah. So then I said, I don't care. Right. And then they said, after- How could you say that? I after, know. after giving a homily on pro how can you say, I don't care? Right. And what I was saying is, I don't care if you have a Trump sign in your yard. I don't care if you have a Biden sign in your yard. You should be able to put a Proposition One Fifteen sign in your yard, right. and people are just like, um, "Actually, you can't, you can't say that because right. we're Democrats, and we actually we we would vote against that issue." Or like Republicans saying, um, "I don't. I mean, that's uh, we really want people to be focused on this." No, like none of my parishioners rejoiced in the fact that capital punishment was outlawed in uh, Colorado. Say, save a handful, I should say. Right. And that was a Democrat issue. Our governor, who is openly gay, in a relationship, uh, was the one that overturned that. It wasn't a Republican. It wasn't a Christian. It wasn't a straight man. It was a Democrat right. who finally said, uh, we're not going to do capital punishment anymore. And shamefully, many Republicans didn't say, thank you for doing that. Thank, and and the church is the one that says thank you right. for actually defending the lives of all of our citizens. Now can we focus on the on the unborn? Right, all seven of them that were killed last year in the United States. So you know, again, the size of these things. I I just told True. I I defended you. Of course, I defend oh, you. I, and my, I don't. Yeah. Uh, and my point was like all he's saying is proposition. Don't take it out of context. Proposition one fifteen is not a partisan issue. That's all he's saying. Right. I know, I know, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But see, that that's just it, brothers and sisters. I know the person who said that to me, but the person who said it to me isn't the same person that said it to Father John, which means there are others that would speak behind my back, and I'm not saying you, you can't talk to each other behind my back, but it's just like, do you realize that when you do that, instead of just coming to the person... You actually create this 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 arena of suspicion, and it's like I can't 
I can't I can't preach anything because if I don't say exactly what you want, then I'm not a good I'm not a good priest. I didn't I didn't stand up for life. Well, and I you know I will say the the person who told me that was very complimentary of the whole homily. I, I, I mean, it was I yes. guess you, I guess you took a very creative approach to presenting life, and I was like, that sounds like him uh, to be thoughtful in a way and not to just give you know the party line. I can't, uh, but we just we step on landmines because everything is booby trapped. This whole thing, you can't say anything. There's yes. people who have already turned this thing off to say, I cannot believe what I just heard. Yes. Uh, and it's like, and, and so I, I didn't get, it wasn't like a, a complaining, oh, you know, it's fine. super Orthodox. It was just a friend who just, I was talking and they just said, yeah, can you help me with this? But yeah, but I just want to say like, there are some priests who are trying to take a different approach here, but it doesn't mean we're compromised or we lack boldness. I think guys who just spew out the same party line over and over again from both sides, I think they lack boldness because you're not thinking about the truth, right? You're just you're just kind of regurgitating the same lines, and it's like we have to be more thoughtful. This is just if anybody. If, if Catholics are going to be the ones who receive the fullness of the Logos, we should be the most reasonable, dialogical, and thoughtful people you could converse with. Yes. And we're not. We're just falling into the same, in you know, kind of crazy political uh, divisions and camps. And it's at, and again, it's a terrible situation. We're we're largely apolitical in the way that we kind of live our life. And um, but I I just think that. Uh, yeah, we obviously both were at a point today where it's like we need to talk about this. Well, it's it's tiresome because uh, the desire is to see the full impact of the pro life mes- message realized tomorrow or next month. Okay, and uh, I want to say I have been extraordinarily impressed with Amy Comey Barrett. If at some point in time it's found out that in any way Amy Comey Barrett listened to our podcast, I'm just going to I'm just going to get right. a big old, you know, smile. Because I thought that she's handled herself with we- real grace. Right. And to me it's like this is a person that I actually believe is sold out for Jesus Christ and is also really good at their job yeah and so impressive in fact that they have been elevated to some of the highest positions in our in our nation and uh i think that we have to look at where we are moving as a country and i'm glad to see that for the first time we're going to have a woman in public office who is radically pro-life and doesn't and doesn't come across as anything less than a woman of faith and a mother and a terribly sharp, um, I'm not like professor, judge, like, uh, like, I, I don't I don't know how to describe it. It's like, as she's describing like her knowledge of these cases, I'm like, you really understand the law and right. the constitution and you're gifted. So, We've had other women that are that are gifted. We've had other women that very smart. You know, Kamala Harris is very smart. Joe Biden, very smart. Donald Trump, he may look like an idiot. The guy's pretty smart. He knows what he's doing. 
But ultimately, th- th- we're not getting people who are meek, who are humble, yeah. who are, uh, you know, mourning. And I, th- I feel like we're moving in a direction. Now, it's important for us as, as Christians and as Catholics to actually inform the parties that we support that I'm not impressed with the candidates you're putting forward for these reasons. But if we just keep quiet about all of it, it's just going to keep going on. And so what people want to see is you've got to be the priest that actually finally says what we've been waiting to hear all these years. And it's like, how do you turn a barge? You know, you can't just take a tugboat and run it, you know, as fast as possible into the side of the barge and then just keep ramming it. Yeah. It's going to take steady pressure to begin to do that. And I look at what uh, priests who are older than me have done in the years that they have been uh, in ministry. Some 40 years, some 20 years, some 10 years, some five years. And I'm like, that's remarkable. It's remarkable how you've slowly turned, you know, your parish, what they did over at Light of the World, you know, to go from what they were to what they are now. It's incredible. But like, we want it today. We want to finally hear the message today, and the message is not vote for this candidate. I think that's what a lot of people want. Yeah. Oh, I think so. Yeah. But it's preach okay, you the wanna, gospel. You want to? You want to? Facciamo una pausa. Are we going to take a little pause? A little cause, go more coffee, come back at it. You want to do that? Sure. I got some other questions for you. Yeah, um, I think so. Just so you know, folks, I I listened to my first ever episode of the Joe Rogan Experience. Um, do you realize that that uh, podcast is three hours I long? Know. Three Crazy. hours long. Now they're like they're smoking weed and like cigars and drinking and whatever, and they're pretty much just like turning the mics on and right. whatever. But I thought we were long. Like it was just I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So uh, granted, we're not turning into the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, you know, like I, I'm not I'm not interested in doing a three hour podcast. The fact that Joe Rogan can actually come up with material for that long is incredible and he's actually very well read yeah i mean he he, he, rather impressive so anyways we're gonna take a pause we're gonna take a break we'll come back after these messages from our sponsors oh wait we don't have Have any any. nice well said okay see you next week thanks thanks